0: Um, we got to there last week and concluded, um, there should be, there's more on the table in the fellowship hall. If you want to go grab those, uh, make, there's two lessons there. Make sure you're grabbing the one that is overcoming the devil. I told brother hunt this morning that, uh, we are overcoming the devil this, this morning. We're going to finish this lesson. We're going to be done with this, overcoming the devil. So we've got it whooped here. And uh, he, he's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to get, be able to get it done. And, uh, you know, so we had a little fun back and forth with that. But they, they're, they're shooting to get concluded over there in that class as well. Uh, but we have this here. Our goal is to get through the end of this uh, particular set of notes here. And we're going to move into prayer and fasting Uh, You know, as we're talking about putting your life in order and being victorious for God, uh, looking forward to that next lesson. But today we're talking about overcoming the devil. And we have uh, been several weeks on this, looking at these thoughts. And today, really, I, I stopped at this point last week on purpose because this is very, very important. This is an area where many Christians Get hung up or many Christians kind of lose the battle and that is with strongholds. So if you have your Bibles and you would look at uh, Corinthians chapter number 10 verses 4 through 6, Corinthians 10, 4 through 6, we're casting down strongholds and imaginations, point number 6. This is where we left off last week. Uh, so I want to be sure that you're there, you see it in the Word of God. This is going to be really the entirety of our thought this morning. i uh, got some stuff for you to fill in on your notes, but also want you to see this in the Word of God. So he says here in Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 through 6, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty, through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought, to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness of uh, to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled beloved strongholds are established in your mind uh, through your thoughts, they become fortified. They become like castles. They become something that's not easily overcome. We've looked at the idea of how Satan gets a foothold in your life. We open the door, we allow Satan in in a small way or a small area, he gets a foothold. And if you don't take care of it right away, it becomes a stronghold. It becomes something that gets fortified. It could become something that has not just one chain link to it, but a number of chain links. And, you know, somebody that's tied up, just one of his feet's tied up, uh, he's probably going to be able to get free, but you tie up his hands and his feet, a little less likely. You wrap him up in rope and probably not ever going to get free. You know, you got the the stronger you get tied up, the, the harder it is to get loose, and that's what we're we're dealing with this morning, the idea of strongholds. I want you to understand that every sin has the potential of becoming a stronghold. That is Satan's goal. That's Satan's desire. You know, uh, I remember Dr. Vogelin used to talk about playing footsie with sin. You know, Christians that want to play footsie with sin, they just want to dabble in it a little bit here, a little bit there. Uh, you know, just playing footsie with the devil. And that, that's, that's like, oh, it's not really that bad. But you see, we're opening the door and it's Satan's plan or desire that he would take every single one of those sins. And if we give him the, the area, we give him the foothold, that can become a stronghold. I know we think about strongholds, something fortified, something, we think of that as just an addiction, somebody that has a problem with drugs or alcohol or maybe even smoking or something that that they just can't get victory over. They look at that like an addiction like a physical addiction and those are strongholds. But you know what? Every sin can become a stronghold. You may have a problem with anger and you just can't get, get it under control. That's a stronghold in your life. God can and with his power you can get victory over that and be in control of your spirit. But uh, it's a stronghold. we got to guard against those strongholds. We've got to be very careful. Satan would take every one of those footholds and turn them into strongholds if we allow him to. Uh, as we are reading this passage of Scripture, beloved, it's good to think about any passage of Scripture that you're looking at. It's great to think about who is it, who is it written to. Well, this passage here, these verses we're looking at this morning, it is written to the church of Corinth. The church at Corinth, you know, was a very carnal church. There was a church there that's having some problems. They were struggling spiritually. But they were a church. Paul, after spending a year and a half there, had the ability and God's power. They established a church, and there was a church taking off there. But they were dealing with a lot of sin, a lot of wickedness, strongholds that had come into the church. And so he's writing to them saying, hey, we need to deal with these strongholds, and they can be dealt with. It's important that we understand that, yeah, even though it was a church, there was some strongholds there in the church. But Paul's writing to the church telling them, hey, you can get victory over these. It doesn't have to dominate your life or control you. You can be victorious. It's possible. We see here, by reasoning and reflecting, I think there's several blanks in this paragraph here, but by reasoning and reflecting on wrong thoughts... Your mind will uh, deepen and confirm these thoughts, which will lead to bad decisions in your life. It is imperative that you resist wrong thoughts and replace them with godly thoughts immediately when uh, when they come. When imaginations develop into strongholds, divine intervention is needed to cast them down. Casting down strongholds may require extended periods of prayer and fasting, which we're going to get into in the next lesson, uh, by, by maybe by several believers or perhaps a strong intervention by godly believers will be necessary. Getting some help from somebody else might be needed, but uh, when we allow our thought life to run wild, we've uh, got to be careful because Satan will take that and use it, all righty? Uh, every decision you make right now is establishing your tomorrow. That's a fact. And there's a lot of things that I'm giving you that aren't in the notes. I'm just, I'm, and you'll see me look down because I have jotted thoughts that I want to share, but it's not in the notes. There's, uh, they should have on the screen anything that needs to be fulfilled. Yeah, you should have there uh, the things that That have blanks and stuff like that. That should come up to help you with those. uh, Those that are new to the class and aren't aware of how we're progressing through this. But I want you to know that every decision you make right now, today, really is going to affect and shape your tomorrow. What you think about today is going to shape your day. What you allow your mind to dwell upon. When you fill your heart with the wrong thinking, it's going to end in a wrong direction. When you fill your heart and mind with the right thinking, you'll end in the right direction. We see a list of strongholds given to us here. Uh, these are different areas that become strongholds, and this is not an exhaustive list. As I said, any sin can become a stronghold. And so we see some that are listed here. There's health. There's eating. A stronghold. A stronghold can't get that under control, uh, some eating disorders, you know, different things where they uh, starve themselves or, uh, you know, force themselves to to vomit because they're afraid of wanting to gain any weight or lose, you know, th- these things can be st- strongholds, afflictions, et cetera, different addictions, we mentioned these drugs, alcohol, uh, internet, uh, that would be pornography, looking at things that are wrong, there's different addictions that people have, lying, gossiping, fighting, quarreling, etc. cetera. Uh, depression, anxiety, compulsive disorders, other things, these can become strongholds in your life, areas that are, Satan is using to defeat you spiritually, to defeat you as a Christian. Let me just encourage you, parents, you need to watch for strongholds in your kids' lives. Your kids aren't prepared or ready to try and conquer those, but as a parent, it's your job to begin to notice the stronghold that's taking place. When I was young, I've told you before, when I, was, when I was young, I had a real temper. I had a, I had a problem. I had a stronghold. And, and uh, man, I, I would just fly off the handle and get mad and something I didn't like, and I, my arms would start swinging, my feet would start flying. I just wanted to take it out on anything that was closest. Well, my dad recognized that. And... Uh, the only reason I know that great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them is because my dad quoted it to me about 30,000 times. I mean, every day it seemed like he, was, he would tell me that right before he tanned my hide. Uh, so, By the way, he didn't just talk to me about it. Uh, there was punishment for losing my temper. And, uh, you know, ultimately, through God, through training and discipline, uh, I don't have a temper. It takes an awful lot to get me upset. Uh, I strive to be consistent in my spirit uh, because I have such a good example of that. Dad is the most consistent, spirited man I have ever met. He is the same person no matter what's going on. All the time, he's the same. He's the same guy. And I strive to be like that. I'm not quite as good as he is. (laughs) I have something to attain to still. Uh, But uh, he did help me with that. It was a stronghold. You know, sometimes you'll notice in your kid uh, a propensity to lie. Now, all kids want to lie to get out of trouble or something like that. But, you know, you look at your child and he might, you might notice that, like, he's just lying randomly for no reason about nothing, just making stuff up. You need to be careful. Don't let that become a stronghold in their life. You need to deal with that because the longer you let it go, the more fortified it becomes. You know, a child or a, an individual that ends up going to jail for robbing a bank, the first thing he did is he stole a piece of gum from a grocery store, you know, something small. And he got away with it. And he thought, man, that was kind of fun. I got that for free. So the next time he went and he stole a candy bar. And then he figured out how he could get a, a, soda, a soda. And then he started stealing clothes. And the excitement of it and the thrill of it. And it became a stronghold, something that he, he, pe- people are addicted to it and they'll, keep, they'll steal whether they need it or not. It's just they just like getting it for free. They'll steal something and on the way out of the store, throw it away. They'll, they'll steal it, go out front and throw it away because it's a, it's, it's a compulsory thing for them because they just got to steal. It's a stronghold in their life. So you got to watch for those in your kids and help them get victory over them because they're not prepared or ready to defeat those strongholds yet. Um, the good news is, beloved, is that we can overcome strongholds. They can be taken down. Despite the wicked carnality of Corinth, He was writing to this church, but giving them the encouragement that they could overcome these strongholds. We see in Luke uh, chapter 4, verse number 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance unto the captives and the recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. God has sent Jesus Christ and has given us the word of God and has empowered us with the spirit of God that we might be set free, that we can be victorious. Psalms 147, verse number three says, he healeth the broken in heart. He bindeth up their wounds. It is God's plan to be able to deliver you and I. You know, a person that ends up in the hospital with heart problems is not always someone that was born with a heart defect. Obviously, there are those that deal with that. Uh, we've been praying the last couple of days for Amy's baby because uh, she was born with a, a heart defect. And, and the surgery and process was successful. Uh, but they're praying that they'll get to close her up and everything will be good and the baby's heart will function normally. Uh, you know, th- those situations happen. But, you know, the, by and large, the majority of people that go to the hospital with, heart de- with a heart problem is because they weren't taking care of themselves. Because they weren't eating right, because they weren't exercising, because they were filling their body with the wrong things. And then this revealed itself in a problem with their heart. And so something has to change. And you know, beloved, that's the same way spiritually. Many are sick spiritually because they've put wrong things in their body. Because they've consumed and taken in things that affect them adversely spiritually. We can't expect to just eat everything that our our body likes and maintain a healthy physique. There's consequences. And so the same thing spiritually. Many times we disconnect that, but the same thing happens spiritually where you take in things of this world and things that the flesh enjoys and you just take that in, take it in, take it in, it impacts you spiritually. You become sick. You become weak. You become unable to stand against the wiles of the devil. How many of you have been sick and have ever been given a prescription by a doctor? Okay. And the the prescription tells you some instructions on there. Take three times a day with food until gone. Or for seven days. There's some instructions on there. Here's what you're supposed to do to beat this uh, problem, to beat this sickness, this illness. Uh, Let's take it a step further because just taking a pill is pretty easy. How many of you have ever been to the doctor and they gave you some instructions that was something you had to do? Like, oh, you need to change your diet, you need to do some exercise you need to do some stretching. Anybody been given some instruction like that? Okay, some years ago, I was having back pain, and it was just terrible, just almost debilitating. It was all the time. Every time I stood up, I mean, I just, I couldn't function. People in the church were commenting on it because I would stand up at the, at the chair, and I would, I would stand up like this, you know, you don't, you don't want to bend, and I'm trying to, and they're just like, man, what's going on with your back? And I said, I don't know. It was weeks and weeks. And I had gone to the chiropractor several times and been adjusted and everything. And uh, then third time I'm at the chiropractor and the doctor asked me, he says, how limber are you? (laughs) Uh, Limber? That has never been something that you would (laughs) say about me. I have never been able to touch my toes. I mean, even in high school, I couldn't touch my toes. And he's like, really? And he says, let me see. He He laid me down and he grabbed my leg and started. He's like, oh, my goodness. He said, this is your problem. All that back pain is caused by this. He says, you, you are completely uh, bound up back here. He says, you need to stretch. And he, he worked my legs out for about 15 minutes and, and stretched all these muscles back here in the back. And when I walked out of that chiropractor, the relief that I had for the first time in several weeks, I was shocked. But he says, you got to stretch every day. You know how many days I stretched? <laughs> Until the pain was gone, and then I quit. Then I stopped. But when the pain comes back, I know what i got to (laughs) do. Now, that's in the physical realm. But here's what I'm saying. We have been talking week and week after week about this idea of overcoming the devil and getting victorious, uh, having a victorious Christian life. You've been given the prescription. And yes, we want it. But are we going home and stretching? Or are we just saying, yeah, that would be good, but uh, yeah, I don't want to take the time to stretch. I don't enjoy that because it's uncomfortable. It hurts when I was when I first started stretching. You know, I'd lay down on the floor or uh, I would sit there and I would have one of my kids push on my back. You know, push on my back. I got to pull these muscles out. You know, and it hurt. I didn't like it at all, so I quit. Well, you know, spiritually, it's not it's not a whole lot of fun most days, to spend time in prayer, to spend time in the word, to do the spiritual exercises we know that give us spiritual strength. But that's how we get victory. That's how we pull down these strongholds. Satan can be defeated. We see in this text here, for the weapons of our warfare. Notice, first of all, this warfare, that word literally means campaign. Campaign. If you want to pull down the strongholds, these things that have gained ground in your life and seem to be dominating your thought life or your, your pattern or your habits, there has to be a campaign against it. There has to be a, a driving force in you, a, a daily pursuit, a daily campaign. You want to uh, get victory? Then you have to be, I'm going to overcome this. It has to be something you think about, something that you work at, something you drive to overcome. Some of these young guys are, are wanting to work out. They're, they're wanting to build some muscle. It doesn't happen with one trip to the gym. This, this brother right here has probably spent half of his life in the gym. <laughs> uh, you know, all through high school and all that, the time invested through, through the uh, wrestling program and, and all of that, just the time it takes. It's not going to happen in a day or two. It's not going to happen in a week to get spiritually strong. It has to be a campaign, a drive. We see in verse number six, having in a readiness to revenge. Are you ready to fight the battle? Are you ready to engage in warfare? Are you ready to uh, engage in revenge? Any disobedience from God? Oftentimes we're ready to get involved in sin, but are you really ready to overcome it? Are you ready to fight against it? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That word carnal means fleshly. That means our weapons are not things that we can grab a hold of, which for us sometimes would be a lot easier. We sure wish we could just grab a hold of something and go to battle because that would be easier than the spiritual warfare we're in. But that's what he's saying. He says, no, you, you can't just grab a sword. You don't just get to pick up a gun. You don't, our weapons are spiritual weapons. They're, they're, they're weapons that you can't just grab a hold of by hand, but they're grabbed a hold of in your heart and in your spirit. But the weapons are powerful. He says they're mighty. Why, how are they mighty? Are they mighty because I'm such a great Christian and I have the power to overcome this? What does the text say? They're mighty because why? The word, the word in the word, scripture is through through God they're mighty through God they're not mighty because uh Zach is 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 not a mighty warrior because he's just a a mighty warrior no he's if he's mighty spiritually it's because he has relied upon God and God has given him the victory so we see our warfare we see our weapons and then I want you to see the work the work that we're involved in we're supposed to bring every thought into captivity That's our part. That's our job. We have powerful spiritual weapons that are at our disposal that we can engage in warfare against Satan. But we've got a job to do, too. We've got to bring every thought into captivity. We've got to go do some stretching. We've got to do what's necessary to be victorious. But Satan can be defeated, is what he shows us here in this uh, outline. Satan can be defeated. He talks about our thought life. Your thoughts, your imaginations, your strongholds. Those those thoughts begin to turn into imaginations and the imaginations ultimately become strongholds if they're not brought into captivity. The battle is won or lost in the mind. You have got to think right in order to do right. That's what you've got to engage in. Right thinking. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As you think in your heart. You know, beloved, you're not a good Christian because people think you are. I know we worry a lot about what they think. But what they think is not what makes you a good Christian. They may think you're an amazing Christian and you're, you're backslidden and cold-hearted as can be. You are not a good Christian because of what you do. The Bible says, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. What is it that you're thinking about? What is it that you're doing? How is it that you're living? Are you living as a good Christian? Anyone who allows their mind to run free will never be a victorious Christian. The thoughts lead to imaginations. Imaginations lead to strongholds. It is our nature to have uh, imagination, to to dream, to, to think, but we've got to be careful where it is that we allow our imagination to run because God expects us to be victorious as Christians and we've got to bring every thought into captivity. That means we're controlling and guiding where, where it's going. This A lot of this uh, yoga and meditation and these things. Now, yoga is a very hard exercise. I mean, you could do that physically from the standpoint of you know stretching and, and all that can be very good for you. But the, the mental side of that leads towards opening yourself up to Satan because you do not want to empty your mind. You're to bring every thought into captivity. You are to direct through the spirit and the power of God what it is you're thinking about. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on These things, think on these things. Engage your mind in a specific direction that you'll achieve a specific result. Don't just let it run free. Here's the thing. What I'm saying is that the same mind that is used to wander can now be used to work towards victory the same mind that Satan would use to take you down the wrong path, you can, through the power of God, through the Spirit of God, direct that mind, and it can be working for you to help you be victorious, to keep you on the right path, to give you victory over Satan. You need to transform your thoughts. There's a whole paragraph there underneath this thoughts and imaginations that I, didn't, that I didn't read. But we need to transform our thoughts. Psalms 139, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Ask God to lick, look at and consider and think about your thoughts and to direct your thoughts. Proverbs 16, 3. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 4:12, For the words of God are quick and powerful and a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So we've got to control our thought life if we want to tear down these strongholds. So we see, beloved, I gave you the, the warfare that we're in as a campaign. Our weapons, are mighty weapons, they're mighty through the, through the power of God and the work that we're involved in. I want to give that to you here. It is written in these notes, and I'm going to add some some thoughts for you to note down here. We see imaginations and strongholds. Thoughts that are exaggerated become imaginations. These strongholds may be very strong, and they may require great effort to cast them down. This is what we're talking about, the work that's involved, our work to overcome those things. There's some people, there may be a married lady that has become completely infatuated with some old boyfriend on Facebook. She's married. She has a family. But in her heart and mind, every day her mind is thinking about and and going after this guy that she's communicating on Facebook. And I don't know anybody in here that's doing that. I just know of particular stories where I've seen this take place. And ultimately... If she doesn't bring that into captivity, if that stronghold is not pulled down, she'll walk away from everything that she holds dear for an imagination. What she imagines in her mind that relationship is going to be like. How many of you know that your imagination is a lot grander than reality? It's something that you picture as being this great romance that you've always wanted. Satan has lied to you. Because this, he is going to take you down a road and you're going to wake up one day and realize the reality of where you're at. And everything that you lost pursuing that. And that's just one example. We could take any sin And in your imagination, it has been built up to be worth everything you're going to sacrifice. But one day, you'll wake up. Proverbs 7.17 or 17.7, The bread of deceit is sweet to a man, but afterwards his mouth shall be filled with gravel. The bread of deceit is sweet. In your heart, in your mind, in your imagination, you're thinking about that sin and like, man, I'm going to do this. It's going to be so fulfilling. It's going to be so satisfying. I'm going to pursue that. And I'm done with all this Christianity stuff or whatever, wherever you're at in your life. And, and Satan has lied to you. And in your imagination, you have built it up to be something worthwhile. But afterwards, his mouth should be filled with gravel. It's going to be like eating gravel. You ever got dirt in your mouth? That's so disgusting. Our dog will eat anything (laughs) right off the ground. I'm like, that's gross. (laughs) Like, how can you eat that with all that dirt all over it? With all that, it's like eating gravel. I don't know. I mean, I feel for him almost. Like, why would you chew on that? I wouldn't touch that. But he just eats it up. Don't matter to him. That's what Satan does. And I want to give you this work. We're going to look at these things and and be done here. It might take great effort. First of all, uh, You know, I've got an affliction. I I, I like to alliterate things. So I'm going to give you some things to put next to this. First of all, we have uh, you have to counteract Satan's lies with the truth of the Bible. Would you write scriptures next to that? We have the scriptures available to us that we need to use the truth of the word of God. How do you overcome a lie? With truth. Satan has lied to us and and put in our imagination this vision of grand things, the sin we're going to pursue, but we overcome that with the truth, the truth of the Scriptures. Casting down imaginations and every thought... You do that through the Spirit. Would you write Spirit next to that? The Spirit of God is in you, and He empowers you to overcome, to cast down every imagination. Say, listen, this is not what I need to be thinking about. This is not what I need to be dreaming about. This is not pleasing to God, and it's going to take me down the wrong road. So you think about and dream about and envision the right thing. And do that through the Spirit, the power of God. Remove and destroy wicked influences. Would you write separation down next to that? And I know you got two two blanks there. you got destroy. Remove and destroy wicked influences. Write separation. Sometimes you might need to separate from some things. You need to destroy those wicked influences. Things that are taking you or putting that back in your mind. You know, let's say that I had a problem with cursing. And... But I really enjoyed hanging around with Zach. And everybody knows he has a foul mouth. <laughs> Just kidding, he doesn't. Uh, but let's say, let's say he did. But Zach's my friend. And I have a problem with cursing. But I'm going to overcome cursing. I'm gonna, the Lord's not pleased with that. I'm going to stop doing that. And yet I'm spending a bunch of time with this guy who is constantly using foul language. That is opening the door that's giving Satan a foothold. You say, yeah, but he's my friend. Yeah, but if you want to actually have a campaign, a warfare against this stronghold in your life, you might have to do some severe things to overcome that. And that means to separate from those distractions, those things that are bringing that into your life. The next point here is you may need to remove yourself from certain people or places. That again is separation. Separating yourself. It may not look that bad or feel that bad, But if we really want victory, there may be some things that we need to do. Hey, hey, um, you know, when you are spiritually weak, you don't have the strength to stand against even a small temptation, even a small wrong influence. If If I had a problem with drinking... And, and every Friday night, my, guy, my friends would get together and sit down, and they would all have a beer together. And we would just, you know, our habit was to sit around drinking. And in my heart, I know God doesn't want me to do that, so I'm going to stop it. And, but I'm, I, every Friday night, I'm going to go sit down with those guys. How many Fridays do you think it's going to be before I have one in my hand? Not very Many. You might need to separate from those things because you need to have a campaign against that war, that that stronghold in your life. You know, Miss Leanne right now is uh, her uh, immune system is compromised because of her cancer treatments. She is very weak. Her, her ability to defend off against even the smallest sickness is very compromised. So she has to separate from everybody. It's not that all of a sudden she just doesn't like you folks. No, She wishes she could be here, but here's the thing. she, In order to protect her overall body, she knows that she cannot get sick right now, her her immune is very deficient and, and she has to really separate herself, pretty much isolate herself until she gets through these treatments and her immune system grows back to a point of strength. That's what you might need to do, Christian. Spiritually, you're weak and you might need to separate yourself in order to be able to stand against Satan. You may need some help from godly persons and enable you to overcome these, right? The saints next to that, the saints. We've got lots of brothers and sisters that are willing to help us. And listen, they're not going to look down on you. you got a friend that loves you. You come to him and say, listen, I am having a problem with this and I need some, some accountability. I need some strength. I need some help. Would you uh, pray with me? Would you?" He's not going to look at you and say, man, you're, you're such a weak loser. Why are you having? No, you know what he's going to do? He's going to say, Man, I will pray with you. And you both will be strengthened because you're battling that together. Use the saints that God has given, given as brothers and sisters in Christ. We, we war together. Then the next point here uh, saturate your life with the things of God and the people of God. Saturate your life with the things of God and the people of God. Get around God's people, be a church. Come Sunday morning, Sunday night, Thursday night. Come to Bible study. Come to prayer meeting. Come come to vacation Bible school. Just saturate your life with the things of God. Hey, for many years you saturated your life with the world, the flesh, and the devil. And now you expect to overcome the world and the flesh and the devil by just an hour and a half on Sunday morning? No, you need to saturate your life. Play good, godly music in your home all the time. Have, have that playing. It feeds your spirit. It strengthens you. There's a lot of music. Yeah, Though all things are, uh, you know, maybe acceptable, they're not, not necessarily expedient. You might be able to listen to something and, and say, well, that's not, that's not sinful, but is it feeding your spirit? Is it strengthening you spiritually? And you say, well, now, Pastor, you're going overboard. Come on. Uh, Listen, why do we have to do all that? We're talking about having a campaign against sin, against the devil who wants to overcome you. And you say, well, I wish I could get victory. I just can't get victory. We're giving you the prescription for it, and you're saying that it's too aggressive. I don't want to do that. Play scripture. There's so many apps right now you can use. You can have scripture playing in your car. You can have scripture on, listening to the word of God saturate your life with the things of God. Rely on the word of God, not your emotions to control your life. Again, the scriptures uh, here, rely on the word of God, not your emotions to control your life. Uh, we've talked about this before. Think, don't be led by your emotions. It's not how God designed us. We went through that whole diagram of, of we should be controlled from the spirit out, not from the out in, right? And then, uh, You will need God, so how much time have you prayed about it? Let me have you put down supplication, supplication. I don't think that's in your notes, that last one I just gave you, but uh, listen, pray, pray, pray. If God's people who are desirous for victory would get on their knees and do warfare on their knees, they would be a lot more victorious in the battle out in the world. The problem is, is we we just aren't spending time with God and getting God's help, so we need supplication. So, this is the work that we need to be doing. We have weapons that are mighty, we know we're to be involved in the warfare. Satan can be defeated, but we have some work we need to do, and this is the prescription right here. Use the scriptures. Be led by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit. Separate from those things that are pulling you down. Engage with other saints. Saturate your life with the spiritual things, with the Word of God, with with Christian activities. You know, when we have an activity and you got the opportunity to go with four or five brothers and sisters in Christ, maybe just, let's say, to Friendly Farms to eat lunch. You say, I'm going to sit at home. Okay, that's where you're messing up. You say, what? It's just an activity. It's just a few, you know, a few minutes. You're spending time with God's people. You're encouraging one another. We're going to run out and going to go up to Lancaster for the day and do some stuff or maybe go to Sight and Sound. And you say, oh, no, I'm going to stay home and watch something on TV or you know whatever, fill your evening with. Let me ask you, which activity would be more beneficial to you in the long run? But so many times we just... We neglect and lose those opportunities, and i need to I need to get to the end here Is there you have anything else in your notes or is that the end that's the end? okay, picture yourself, so you've got some work homework to do listen there's a story and, I, and i'm going to close here, uh, but uh, one preacher named Clovis told a story about uh, a couple of paddle boats back at the turn of the century. They left Memphis uh, at the same time, and they were traveling down the Mississippi River, heading to New Orleans. As they were traveling, they just happened to kind of get on the road at the same time, or on the river at the same time, and they were kind of, you know, heading out, and they were talking to each other across the boats and, you know, checking things out, and, and, and you know how guys are after a few minutes. They're like, well, our, our boat, you know, has... 47 paddles, and they're like, oh, we have 54 paddles, and oh, well, we have a, this many cubic feet of engine, and, 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 and you know, the, the banter went back and forth, a little bit of taunting uh, before long, and, and then they said, well, let's find out what these boats will do, and, and, and before long, the race was on. And so these guys started racing down the Mississippi and they were having a lot of fun with it. And the, the crowds that were on the boat were getting excited about it. And they're cheering each other on and one pulling the lead a little bit, the other pulling the lead a little bit. And they've been pushing down the river and just running those, those boats for all that they were worth. And then one boat started to fall behind a little bit and they realized that they were running out of fuel. Because although they had enough fuel for their trip, they didn't have enough fuel at the pace that they were traveling they thought, well, if we throw all this in, we're going to run out of fuel. And one, one of the, you know, enterprising young men says, well, we don't need this. And he grabs a chair and ch- chucks it in, <laughs> throws it in the fire. And, and pretty soon people are looking around, well, what else can we burn? And they're like, oh, they're throwing this in. And then and then th- that fuel was burning hotter because it was lighter and more airy. And that fuel was burning hotter. And so they started gaining. And then pretty soon they started pulling in a lead. And they didn't want to lose the lead. So they had everybody involved in just grabbing whatever they could and throwing it in this fire. And their, their, their steam they get to their their destination and they won the race and everybody was cheering, yay, oh, they're all excited and the other boat was discouraged and downhearted. But uh, they reached their destination and they found out that they actually burned their cargo. They burned the stuff that they were paid to haul, to deliver. See, here's the thing, Christians. Many times, God has entrusted us with some precious cargo. He has given unto us, the Bible says, we have been entrusted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have a duty and a responsibility, and we're going through life, and you know what? In the end, we know that we're going to win because we're on the winning side. Only one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. Here's what I'm saying. A lot of us, if we aren't careful, we'll get to the end and we get to cheer and be victorious because we know that we're on the winning side. But I think if we aren't careful, we're going to be really sad because we've spent our life and burned it up. We've consumed what we've been entrusted with on the journey instead of using it for what God wanted. And God has given us a prescription to how to be victorious over the devil here. And you can do it if you'll follow this example and the lessons that God's given us. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you